Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Pat Prescott. This lady loves sports, and so does this other lady. She's an investment counselor and an avid tennis fan. Meet Audrey Schmadis. Let's go! Welcome to This Lady Loves Sports Podcast with Pat Prescott. Sports, she knows it all and is here to talk about it. So get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before. It's This Lady Loves Sports Podcast. And here's your host, Pat Prescott. This is Pat Prescott welcoming into the studio a dear friend. She is Audrey Schmadis. And uh, Audrey and I have, we'll tell you the story of our friendship as we yeah. tell you the story of our love affair with sports, which we share so dramatically. It's one, <laughs> and you know what, Audrey, this is one of the things I really like about sports, the fact that it is something you can share with people, you know, mm-hmm. looking for bragging rights and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the the uh, the athletes we love, the athletes we hate, and, mm-hmm. you know, yep, yep. And, all, and all of that. And it's so cool to have a girlfriend I can talk about that with. Yep. And equally, it's also cool that you can do it on your own. Exactly. Because I spent many a day cuddled up inside of my <laughs> den watching tennis all day. <laughs> no question. We are going to focus on tennis. But uh, Audrey and I, actually, the, the first sport we bonded over was football. But let me go mm-hmm. back a little bit further than that. I just want to talk a little bit about how we met. <laughs> because I do believe that like God makes people show up in your life. And if yep. you're lucky, he'll give you the gift of recognizing them when they show mm-hmm. up. And Audrey and I have, just like in a in a, a girlfriend-boyfriend you know, or, or a partnership relationship, uh, we both have different stories about how we met because let me tell are you my really story gonna tell first. this see audrey was on a date it with this date. dude okay <laughs> who was a mutual friend of ours and uh we were in mm, some mm, club in, in hollywood it was, I think it was a key club you guys it was a doing... key club right because yeah. it was real dark and mm-hmm. down there in the basement yeah. but um uh we just became instant friends i mean there's no real explanation for it yeah. we exchanged numbers and we've just been best buddies ever since then but Audrey does say that it wasn't a date um, it wasn't a date he it was he thought it was a date all right well we'll have to talk okay. to him about that <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway that's all and then I'll apologize the for saying that on air <laughs> then if that's the case one of the things that we found out uh, right away though was that we both love sports yeah and just like uh, Anthony McKenzie who started out the whole podcast with me Audrey and I have been in the same football pool for quite a while shout yeah. out to Julie and Brett Martin who have held this thing. How many years have we done this? Uh, It's about seven or eight. And I don't know if I was on there the first year. But the dedication it's taken for her to do that every year. I mean, she did it for nothing. And that's pulling. That's like herding cats trying to get us all to to get our payments in and get our picks in on time. She's really diligent. Appreciate her. It's been cool. Is that that legal? Is it illegal to do? Is that like sports betting? Well, no. Because they have this whole. Right. And they have this whole tool that we're using now, the online tool, which is really simplified things yeah quite a but bit. The, they don't say anything about money on there oh it doesn't does it no okay, it doesn't don't tell anybody. so don't tell anybody <laughs> if we actually you know it only costs us five footballs a piece every week to participate yeah in our pool. yeah five dollars it's not five money. footballs okay <laughs> 
Not much at all. Not much at all. But at any rate. So um, one of the things I like about being in a pool is it just gives you a whole different thing to look for you know when Mm -hmm. you're watching the game it makes it gives you a reason to watch it other than just your entertainment you kind of have a little skin in the game Uh, people always ask me when I tell them I'm in a pool oh you know who's your team and I'm like "Uh uh-uh I'm in a pool I can't have a team because that makes me partial when I (laughs) do my picks whatever team you pick exactly which can create it can create some really weird Sundays for you yeah where you're like cheering against your favorite team because you didn't pick exactly. them in this game. So that's why I try to stay a little bit neutral on the favorite team business. But, you know, I do love the pool and that, like you said, it gives me that reason for watching the games other than just watching it. Because literally growing up, the NFL on Sundays from September to January were the soundtrack of our Sundays in our home. <laughs> so, so when did you actually start to embrace sports yourself and how, how did that whole thing happen? I'm not sure if it was quite out of the womb, but it was pretty close after that because <laughs> I grew up the youngest of four kids and the only girl. So basically being one of four, you know, you need two for a team. So they always <laughs> needed my body, if nothing else. <laughs> And literally, my mom used to throw us out in the yard. We lived in Long Island some of my growing up years. And uh, she used to throw us out in the yard just like, y'all can do anything you want to, but you're not coming inside this house. So, you know, we'd play football. And I they knocked the wind out of me. (laughs) I don't care how small I was. They'd give me the ball. And then, you know, whenever they'd hurt me really bad, they'd say, oh, please don't tell, don't tell. They'd kiss all on me. Please don't tell. And then the very next play, they would all dive to the side, dive to the side, and let me get past. So <laughs> try to make up for it. <laughs> but having yeah. brothers kind of was a big part of that. Yeah, that helps toughen you up a little mm-hmm. bit, too. And oh, plus, yeah. you knew as, as hard as they would knock you down, they would knock somebody else down if they even thought oh, about yeah, doing yeah. anything to you. Yeah, we don't even want to talk about growing up with four fathers. That was, <laughs> that was my life. So, so who, was your, who was your team back then? I mean, who were the teams that you liked when well, you were growing up? We were in New York, so, you know, the New York teams were going to be a big part of our life. But we actually lived before that in Kansas City. And to this day, my oldest brother is a Casey Chiefs fan. He is dyed in the wool like... You go into his office, there's all the paraphernalia and everything. So, you know, I think the Chiefs are still a part of our lives, all of us. But New York teams, you know, growing up there. But now that I've been in California longer than anywhere else, I think I'm an L.A. girl. Yeah, you start really adopting L.A. teams. I mean, you know, it's hard not to for some of them, especially the ones that win all the time. I know, I know. And And there's just so much... Uh, hype and drama around them and storylines and and entertainment value that they present is just like you cannot not get on board at some point yeah unless you're just going to hate and that's part of the draw too well it was later on that we both found out how much we love tennis and oh yeah for for myself as somebody who has never played anything at least never played anything well I was terrible. Are you kidding? Nobody ever wanted me. Are you kidding? When we played baseball, I was always the last person to get picked. Well, I couldn't catch and I couldn't hit. So that's problematic. You know what? As long as I've known you, I did not know that. I played everything growing up. And in school, I was always the captain. (laughs) No, but let me tell you my dad's favorite story. Rest in peace, dad. He uh, loved that he came to a parent teacher's conference and my gym, my PE teacher told him that she just absolutely loved 
having me in the class and having me as captain because I always made sure everyone played. And the way I w- and we always won too because all I needed to do was pick my best friend Valerie because between she and I, as long as we were on the court or field, we were going to win. And then we just get, and then I would purposely pick the people, people pick last for my third, fourth, and fifth pick. And just to, because they need that, you know, and my dad, that's his proudest moment about me. <laughs> and I, and I love that, but I played everything, so- soccer, softball, volleyball, basketball, you know, all of that. Yeah. Well, you talk about, you know, um, giving everybody a chance to play. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the kind of things that I think sports also can teach you, you Mm -hmm. know, learning how to how to function in a group, in a team, Mm -hmm. um, how to be supportive of each other. You Mm -hmm. know, we see that dynamic in all the great teams that really win anything. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at an individual sport like tennis, which was, you know, when we both discovered how much we love tennis, we've been maniacs ever since then. I mean, just to have somebody to watch with. And watching in this day and age is so radically different from what it was like when we were growing up watching Arthur Ashe. Yeah. First of all, it would be whenever they might televise it because tennis wasn't televised the back then now, no. the way it is now nowhere near, well actually no sports yeah really were uh but today it's it's a whole new brave new world and we practice what we like to call dvr etiquette yeah there you go we're really good at that oh, we're you and very I. good at yeah. it but my mom is not <laughs> Bless her heart. And she doesn't even understand that I can pick up on anything she's saying, even when she said nothing, because of the tone of her voice. She'll say, did you see the match? And that means that the person that I wanted to win won. Sometimes she'll say, oh, did you watch it? (laughs) I'm like, mom, why'd you even say anything? I didn't say anything. I'm like, I heard everything in your voice. Yeah, my boyfriend's dad is is like that, you know. Uh, Like, we try to stop him. We try to head him off at the pass. Like, you know, he'll call or something, and he'll say, are you watching the game? And Reggie says, yes, but I am behind. Because we don't don't start watching when it starts, Mm because we want to fast forward through the commercials. We are behind. We're about a half hour behind, Dad, so don't say anything. And his father says, okay, but those doggone Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, but my mom is the best. She should have played poker. She's got a good Because I'm telling you, man, I have no idea who won or lost. And she's always very, so are you watching? Where are you? That's all. Where are you in it? Where are you in the in the match? We have to learn game? that. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a, it is a different thing, you know, because a lot of people will. I, I know. So I have some friends who won't record things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like they won't record a, a game. They're like, no, I have to watch it in real time. I have to watch it live as no, it's happening. I don't have to watch it real time, but I prefer to watch it and not know the result. Right. That's Unlike, the thing. If you're not watching it in real time, then that's a whole nother job. Because I've had people blow out. it for me. And then it's like, why am I watching? And it, it really does change your experience. It does. But you, on the other hand, jumping back to football for a minute, do people know you record and watch every game of the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> do they know just how obsessed you are? Well, now I have a. I'm, I'm do. I do something a little different now since they started the Red Zone Channel. Okay. I found that I love the Red Zone Channel. Okay, because there's always something happening. Action, you know, yeah. because there's always some action happening. Somebody's getting ready to score, or somebody's getting ready to turn the ball over yeah. and not score. But you'll watch those even when you know what the outcome is. Well, with uh, the Red Zone Channel, you get to see in real time some of all the games. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Reggie likes to watch the game mix where he's watching like eight games at one time that's, that's I can't. dizzying when i've been that over your house when hurt. you guys do that 
I don't know where to look. I'm like, what are you watching? And he's like, well, it doesn't matter because if you miss something, you can always go back and you can say, oh, that game was good. So I'll go back now and watch that one. But that's like one little square. That's too I mean, much work What do we me. buy these big TVs for <laughs> when we don't just watch a little corner of it? Well, good that thing it's a big TV. That then. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That does it. Uh-uh. But, but we do work really hard at not finding out. Right. And really to not find out, you have to, you can't turn on the radio. You can't even check your email. You cannot check your email you can't go on facebook you can't google nope. anything because these alerts you know yeah. they could pop up very I've been easily so mad at those yeah. i remember when i first moved here and we used to go to um the hollywood bowl for the playboy jazz festival back in the days when bill cosby was um d- was mm-hmm. doing the emceeing for that uh and and also this was a period when the lakers were always in the playoffs and since the um Playboy Jazz Festival was always in June. You know, the Lakers very often would be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And Cosby used to come on stage and, tell and the say where, where they were in the game and what, what the, the score, score was. And you would see people around with little radios uh-huh. and some people who were advanced who had the little portable TVs. They'd have those, too, you know, so yeah, they'd be enjoying yeah. the show and watching the game. And he would come and give updates. If somebody were to do that now, do you know how many people would be mad? Booing them off the stage. It- <laughs> I'm recording the game. I'm recording. I I don't want to know. But I tell you, tennis. Yeah. Now, this is a game that if you're going to be a fan of tennis, you really need to have a lot of time Mm -hmm. on your hands. Oh, my goodness. And the the length of some of these battles lately are they changing some of those rules so they won't go quite they're talking about changing yeah. changing that rule that uh, uh wimbledon has yeah that at the uh end if you have a tiebreaker mm-hmm. if you you're have tied to win by at, two games yeah, if you're tied at the end of the final set then you have to win by two games and they've had some serious marathons behind that like what is it 10 12 everybody hours? else is doing the tiebreaker i think it's um nicholas mahout and uh john isner they have the record who have the record it, they play john's two days. done it more than once he's had john it has the second record also oh, he's number one goodness. and number two but that's because yeah. he's a great server but mm-hmm. has trouble breaking the other person's serve mm-hmm. so he's always in a tiebreaker yeah the physicality of tennis is just it's amazing and when you see it being played at the level we get to watch it on it's art you know um, the way Federer moves in his body is just, it's really poetry in motion. And I like watching him. Um, and I, I love that the David and Goliath of it all sometimes when you see these underdogs. Well, that's about sports in general. You know, we always have this little thing, at least I do, for the underdog. And always. I love how sports kind of levels the playing field in some things when the, you least expect it. Somebody just comes and rises to their highest level. And even seeing somebody rise to their highest level when you know that they're used to playing a certain way and you see them rise for an occasion it's just inspiring you know in all aspects of life I think it really is I can't even imagine what that must feel like when you're the underdog and you know you beat a Roger Federer or you beat a Serena Williams or a Rafa Nadal or somebody like that you know who for for most of these people these are the people they idolize these are for them it's the reason why I'm doing this because I used to see this person uh, doing it but you know you talk about the length of the matches and the physicality that's involved. I know that uh, recently with the the U.S. Open, uh, boy, just to see watching them play in that ninety, Something almost a hundred degree, degree heat and the high humidity—that's been amazing. I mean, 
you almost want them to stop because it feels I like I felt like I was gonna faint. I know. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, uh, even Djokovic was having problems there. And he talked, but you hear him talk about the ice bath he took naked with the guy during <laughs> <Yeah>. that break. <laughs> He's a funny dude. Uh, I'm sorry. All of that is pretty hilarious. One of the things that um, that I. Uh, really like about tennis is and and one of the reasons I like to watch at home as opposed to actually going to the stadium mm-hmm. we used to go to the US Open all the time but just to mm. sit you know you sitting up there they look like little specks down know, there on the court and I always like hearing the commentary mm-hmm. because the the analysts are so good in certain ones especially yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me John McEnroe any day mm-hmm. Chrissy Everett is is amazing yeah and uh, some of the others there as well but you know what that the u.s open they do something really cool they have these headsets that people get when they oh, come so in they so people hear. who are mm-hmm. in the stadium actually can listen to the broadcast commentary whether they should do that with all sports yeah i like that you have that vision you yeah. should talk to somebody they should because do that in all sports i i, w- I actually want to go to all the majors at, at some point um just for the experience of it all but when you talk about like you said, going in general to these things live, you can, your view is better on TV. Hello, hey, you're comfortable. Look, no crowds, no parking, no no line for the, the bathroom. Food is not expensive. <laughs> the beer is cheaper. <laughs> Don't have to worry about a designated driver. There you go. Everything is super cool like that, you know. But um, uh, tennis is probably becoming so much more popular today because of people like venus and serena exactly you know who have really just paved the way these these women are amazing they are and you know i have a a super athletic niece and goddaughter as you know and i promised them i tried so hard to get that girl to play tennis (laughs) she's a super athlete i mean like came out the womb as an athlete and i paid for tennis lessons just for a short while and she never picked it up after that because she was so focused on her track career but I thought that is the career for a woman who is athletic there's no other thing that's going to make you that kind of you know living um, where it rests on you the other thing about team sports which I love watching those as well but with with tennis you you dictate what happens in your game there's it's no one else you can point the fingers at and there's no one else that's you know that has to pull you down either you can decide and I love that about tennis now, I don't know if you saw the HBO documentary Being Serena, yeah, but okay. watching that was a revelation because they showed her training to come back after having a baby. Mm. And it was really um, some great behind the scenes footage. I think reality TV is pretty stupid for the most part. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I like hard knocks, you know, and I like this because yeah. with a sports reality show, you oh, okay. really are seeing there's drama in it, mm-hmm. but you're seeing the behind the scenes of how people really prepare mm-hmm. for battle is what it is. Yeah. And they showed Patrick Maradoglu, who is uh, the coach who has since, since Serena hooked up with Patrick she's won 10, Ten grand slams, grand slams. you know, know and the, the later part of of her career yeah. which is absolutely amazing yeah. but to see the work that this woman did to get there. to get back wow. to play I mean she was crying there was one scene where you know she was like she was just crying she says you act like you don't what I'm upset about is you act like you don't think I'm really trying mm. and I'm working hard and he was really pretty blunt with her about you know you want to be a mom you want to be a wife you have to put those things aside if you really want to do this yeah. and play at the highest levels he told her you got to come out to my tennis institute in Paris 
bring the baby if you must and bring somebody to take care of her because you need to work and you need to work every day. But just for her to embrace that, I mean, Mm -hmm. she doesn't have to do another thing in tennis. I know. She's going down as one of the greatest that ever lived. But that shows you what it is that's in her and who she is as a person that's driving her even beyond what is, you know, needed. It's she's just that's who she is. Yeah. And you we've know. watched her grow up. I mean, there were times when I, uh, I was pretty annoyed with Miss Serena. Yeah. And that's the truth. And, <laughs> oh, and my goodness. Time when she didn't have her mental game together. You know, I think it was years ago. She was in her early years playing. I want to say it was Sanchez Vicario. And she was at match point and came back and lost the whole thing. I mean, it was it was a just a complete mental breakdown and just to see that growth well that growth but I, what i was talking about really is um i just think that she acted like a spoiled brat oh, for, yeah. for too well, much you know too. the temper tantrums and that just too. some of her behavior on court but the thing we have to remember not just about tennis players but i think athletes period they come into our view when they're teenagers, they're mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Think about what you, how Too immature young. you probably were when you were 16 <laughs> yeah. years old or 15 yeah. years old. Tennis players are particularly young. Yeah. And they grow up before our eyes. Yeah. They become, you know, they, they get so much adulation. You know, mm-hmm. people look at them as, as heroes. Yeah. And they're just kids. And we're watching them grow up and go through some of the things that we've gone through that no yeah. one ever saw. You oh, know, but I tell you what, this woman has become somebody... I'm just super proud of and and I think a lot of it really has to do of course with all the things you go through in life you know the murder of her sister and mm-hmm. just a lot of the challenges they face some of challenges the health challenges injuries. some of the racism that they mm-hmm. face oh, when yeah, they that too. first entered the sport mm-hmm. and uh but I think that her big sister has a lot to do with it I think so too I love when I see them hug after a match no matter who's won it's there's something that transpires there between them. But also, have you noticed a different demeanor after motherhood in oh, Serena? No question. And her losses. No question. You, you could look at in her losses. I mean, she's w- so much more gracious yeah. with her opponents than she ever was. She used to pout and just yeah. all kinds of stuff. I think it's stuff. really balanced her out, you know, that she's like, this is not the end of the world. That seems to happen. Yeah, yeah I noticed like during the U.S. Open how uh, when the, the um, French Open people t- said that they have banned the cat suit now. They told oh, she yeah, can't, yeah. she can't wear it's the cat suit anymore. Mm. The old Serena would have went ballistic. She just kind of laughed it off like, whatever. <laughs> I got diapers to change at home and everything. <laughs> but but back to Venus. The, I think that the, oh, the way yeah. Venus has really impacted Serena and so many other people as well is just by her classiness oh, and her goodness. grace. Yeah. She was always a lot more grown up mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. than Serena. She, she played the big sister very, very well. But when you look at everything that she's gone through with her Sjogren's uh, syndrome, um, this mm-hmm. rare disorder yep. that saps your energy and makes your your joints hurt. And, and she's this still is for a tennis playing player. in the finals of <laughs> major opens. She is still like a seated player, I top know. 20, you know. And, and you don't want hear her That's complain incredible. about it at all or say a word about not it. at all they don't make excuses i love that about their game mm-hmm. and th- did you ever see the documentary that they did on on the two of them i think so yeah that was amazing that was too you you can't stage. discount um not only what they've contributed in terms of their accomplishments in tennis but also getting equal pay for women at yes, wimbledon and right. the way that 
uh, Venus went around about that, about mm-hmm. making it happen. And something it's something that benefits everyone. And she really stepped out there as a leader, a responsible citizen mm-hmm. in that regard. So proud of those girls. Yeah, yeah. And, and now Serena's using her platform as a working mom to voice for a lot of people exactly. issues that and uh you know that that they face and people are loving eating that up you know yeah i've i actually follow her on ig so oh you do i guess i should follow her too huh? oh my goodness you're gonna see a lot of baby pictures <laughs> <laughs> but they're really good ones you know they're cute yeah i love i, I did see the one where she was like in the alley oh did you see the look on the baby's face the, right and she's on like, olympia's face she's pushing off on i know her legs leg olympia pushing. laid over like really can <laughs> we get already. on yeah i know and but in that picture if you look at it again that baby looks just like her daddy <laughs> Yes, that baby does look just like her daddy. It is it is very, very true. It'll be interesting to see, though, what they do with the rest of their career. They've really changed the way people think mm-hmm. about constructing your tennis career, too. The mm-hmm. fact that they didn't Took play the junior stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always skipped tournaments. They, they always had a life yeah. and had other interests because the lifespan of a tennis player can be very short. And look how long they've made theirs as a result, you know, not maybe beating down their bodies that way. Mm-hmm. Or burning out, you know. Did you you read Open, right? Yes. Andre Agassi's mm-hmm. book. I had the wonderful honor of working with him for a little while, and uh, he is so genuine. But you know, he talked openly about how tired he got of tennis, you know. And and it, when you're doing it at that level, if you don't take those breaks, I I can see that happening. So, and if you don't have other interests, then when it is over, because as as Charles Barkley so famously said, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Mm. <laughs> you know, nobody, no one is really going to be yeah. able to play forever what you're doing. Some young people are going to come and take your place yeah. eventually. You know, you, you got to realize that once it's over, you should have something else that you can be passionate mm-hmm. about and that you can care about. And for them, they've got so many things. And we all need that, too. So. Yeah, we all need that. And, you know, speaking of Charles Barkley, that's what they called me playing basketball. <laughs> They called you Charles Barkley. Uh, was, Were you an enforcer or something? Well, I was good at boxing out and just being a little bit. My presence was big on the court, I guess, in that way. Yes. And Audrey is such a genteel young I, lady. I try. You know, I wish you could no, see her I, sitting here now. And I'm trying to you think, think of I'm her genteel? boxing people out. Oh, honey. See, you just don't know the other side of me. Growing up with those brothers, like I said, we played football and everything else they did to me. They, they abused me as a child. <laughs> to say but back then we didn't know what it was but to me i thought it was love so if, if somebody tackles it, it me it was really well that's what my mother always it told was. me audrey if they didn't love you they wouldn't even play with you that's right and so i learned and if you weren't good they wouldn't play with you my brothers wouldn't play with me i remember this is what you know uh, my dad was like a a champion table tennis player we weren't we didn't we weren't allowed to call it ping pong in my house it was table tennis as a matter of fact my dad (laughs) took the first integrated uh, table tennis team to russia Mm -hmm. when i was a little girl and uh he also was the president of the united states table tennis association and he wrote the manual for this my mom has a copy of the original one yeah and so both of my brothers were very good table tennis players I was terrible (laughs) in keeping with all of my sports activity. I was not good at all. So, uh, and my brother, my brother Terry actually, uh, got a tennis scholarship. He played tennis at, at Hampton. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
And he was a ball boy at a tournament at Hampton uh, University, okay. which was Hampton Institute back at the time, yeah. when Arthur Ashe was there. That was the first time I ever heard of Arthur Ashe okay. when we were still kids. And we must have been like in junior high school or something. But yeah, my dad played football, too, at Hampton. Okay. My brother was a uh, my brother Terry was a three letter man. You know, he played tennis, ran cross country, and played football. Wow. As well. So you were always you surrounded know. by. I was it always too. surrounded yeah. by sports, even though I was totally inept. No, but I was always surrounded by it. And then my mother also was the only girl of three brothers as well. It's just that she was the oldest. So we both grew up in all these male dominated households. And her her brother, my uncle Mickey, played baseball on some one of the Negro League kind of levels in cool. Kansas City out of mm-hmm. or outside of Kansas City. Was that City, the Monarchs whatever. probably? Yeah, I have to check. I, I should know details on that. But mm-hmm. but we all grew up around it. I mean, so much so that even guys that, you know, I've I've dated or hung out with and and they're they're thinking I'm watching football to impress them or I'm pretending like I know something to impress. I'm like, <laughs> y'all don't even understand. Please take your <laughs> This one guy literally, I think I told you about him. He he, he thought I was just trying to I don't know. I don't know what, what he, he thought. What do you think you were trying to ca- catch him? I guess. I'm like, by dude. By being into sports? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you don't even understand. <laughs> this is my thing. You, know you don't what? know what's up. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing, too, that, that the two of us have in common is uh, our relationships with our mothers and the mm-hmm. fact that, um, you know, we share that, that uh, love of sports with our moms, too. Yeah. And I don't think my mom was really that much. I th- She says all the time, I turned her into a sports fan because mm-hmm. I made her fall in love with the Knicks back in the oh. Patrick Ewing era because yeah. we went to some games. We actually went to okay. games at Madison Square Garden. It was in my contract when I worked in New York. When I, My, my uh, attorney says, well, you know, we're negotiating. I don't think you're going to be able to get any more money. Can you think of anything you want? I said, I want Knicks tickets. Well, can and, you negotiate for some Lakers ones uh, now that we got I, LeBron? I really over. don't think that's going to be happening <laughs> over here in Los Angeles, if you no. know what I mean. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But our, but our moms are great. And my mom, 86 to this day, you can catch her watching football on Sundays. Like I said, it was the soundtrack to our lives on Sundays during the football season. And uh, please, 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 please don't don't call her when Tiger's playing football. Oh, please. My mother, too. Look, that's she a lot. And I don't think she ever watched golf before Tiger. Yeah. So, you know, just, I did. I used to watch golf starting, I think, back in Greg Norman kind of days mm-hmm. back then. But uh, but I love that as well. So, yeah. It is it is an awesome thing. Sports can really just add something real special to your life. Certainly has brought us together. Yep. You know, we've had some great evenings, you know, chomping Damn. on some fried chicken, having a nice cocktail. Yep. With our shoes off because we're at home instead Screaming of screaming at, at the TV out there at the arena. Yeah, I know. It's so much more comfortable. <laughs> So much more. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's great having you here and uh, talking about all this. And I hope you'll come back again and join me. I would love to. And I love what you're doing here with this. And I think more women need to just go ahead and be proud of their sports, you know, uh, appreciation and not try to hide it. Exactly. This is not the only lady who loves sports. <laughs> Audrey Schmadis does, too. And, and I'm I love we- you. I'm willing to bet you do, too. <laughs> Thanks, baby. I'm Pat Prescott. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.